Yo, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX WrestleCast. We are on episode Austin Matthews, number 34, baby. Oh, yes. And uh, welcome back to another episode. Hope your week is going good. You made it to the weekend, and guess what you're at? It is the Wrestling Recap Show, my weekly recap show, where every week I go through all the major WWE shows, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, any pay-per-views. And, uh, of course, I also go through AEW. I go through Dynamite and Rampage and all of their pay-per-views for whatever they have them. And we go through what happened on all those shows, go through the matches. If something really pops out, I'll give it a score. And uh, we rate the shows at the end and discuss storylines, all that great stuff. Maybe do a little bit of fantasy booking. It's just an all-out little nerdy show about wrestling and all that great stuff. I hope you found it fine. And uh, let's just get into this show. And uh, we're going to start out with Monday Night Raw. They are in Sweet Home, Alabama. And we got Kevin Owens starting the show, but he's pretty much immediately interrupted by JBL. Okay, that's, uh, wasn't expecting JBL, but he comes out and he is just laying down the devastating chirpage to the Alabama crowd. I mean, what the heck, JBL? Like, you used to, you're a Texan, bro. Like, and then you're chirping that crowd. Like, we all know that, oh, because now you're JBL, you, you now identify yourself as a, as a New Yorker. But we all know, the old school fans know that, that you're a hillbilly down there. You're an Alabama. Like, come on, that's your people. Nothing wrong with that. I love them country folk. They're so damn nice, man. When I went down there, I, I had a visit down in that area and I was just blown away by that legitimate southern hospitality it is real but anyway uh i loved the chirps that jbl was laying down in the crowd though so funny give, i'm gonna give him a thumbs up jbl brings out baron corbin ew oh kevin owens has uh, his head buried into the turnbuckle he just can't handle i guess the baloney that is coming out of baron corbin's mouth like it was a bit disrespectful not going to lie it was a pretty funny visual but i imagine kevin owens more than likely got a talking to about doing that like don't ever do that again but it was funny i'll give him a thumbs up Kevin Owens fires back. JBL ain't pleased that Kevin Owens was ignoring him, uh, especially having his head buried and not even looking at him. Uh, Again, what a visual. Kevin Owens now versus Baron Corbin. He's with JBL, of course. It was a quick little fight. Kevin Owens puts Corbin away with the stunner. Eh, whatever. Uh, The bloodline comes out, as is tradition, to put a beat down on Kevin Owens. Owens tries to fight back, but way outnumbered man you're like five to one right here adam pierce and pd williams making a little appearance here uh, they come down break it up adding more fuel to the fire but honestly it's just kind of the same old predictable bloodline attack but add in some great chirps honestly from jbl uh, sadly the appearance of baron corbin but you know jbl can't get in the ring no more and uh yeah it was just kind of a meh opening show or opening to the show so far uh yeah kevin owens didn't seem like into it i mean burying his head into the corner i don't know maybe sick he didn't seem all the way into it right here and uh but jbl was jbl was into it bloodline is leaving the building but adam pierce tells them the usos are having some uh tournament for they're gonna have a tournament for uh number one contender for their titles and uh yeah you guys can go but solo not you you're staying you gotta fight (laughs) he's like what the hell usos are pissed off they want to stay now too but nope they get banished from the building just sent to the what is that the shadow realm uh Oh, you know what i'm saying it's been a while okay it's been a while 
Alexa Bliss uh, just rudely walks onto the announce table while they're, you know, Corey Graves and, and other guy are just doing their job. You get some legs just appearing on camera. You're like, what the hell? It's Alexa Bliss just being a bitch. Uh, Alexa tells us again that she is in full control, even though she has clearly been brainwashed by Bray Wyatt. Like, what? Who are we? Who are we trying to fool right now? We got more flashing images, and then Uncle Howdy appears. He giggles, and that is literally it. Uh, what the heck, man? That was dumb, yet another awkward, you know, they just went to commercial break again, and, and it comes back, and they're on to something else. And, like, again, man, like, they don't know how to end these segments, and, and it just doesn't, I didn't like it, man. I'm going to give it a thumbs down. My wife made me giggle. She's like, but what if Alexa is Mr. Howdy Doody or whatever the fuck his name is? I call him Howdy Doody now. That makes her giggle. And then she made me giggle by saying that maybe Alexa is that. I'm like, how? But she's standing in the... Like, <laughs> you know, it's just... Ugh. Moving on, we got Bailey with Damage Control versus Mia Yim. I'm calling her Mia Yim. I don't, I don't care. They're trying to get this Mitchin thing over, but they're still calling her Mia Yim, so... I don't know. She Her name is in crisis right now. It's going through a midlife crisis. It doesn't know what it wants to do with itself anymore. I'm going with Mia Yim. No idea what Bailey has done with her hair this week. It's uh, it's really in an interesting updo. I dig it. It's just very... It was a, a little shocking when I saw it. I was like, damn, that is an updo. Bailey chirps Becky Lynch before she fights. She brags about beating Becky, as she's been doing for the last couple weeks. And she will be all alone in this fight. Her uh, her buddies in damage control are going to leave. That is, uh, we'll see how that goes for her. Uh, Bailey ends up stealing, well, it goes good for her. Uh, Bailey steals the victory with her feet on the ropes on the roll-up. Honestly, I was a little disappointed. I was hoping for a bit of a, a like, a kind of one of a match out of this one. But no, it was just kind of short, kind of mediocre. And yeah, moving on. Candice LeRae is getting interviewed backstage. Nikki Cross, hardcore creeping in the background. I had to rewind that, show my wife, because she didn't see her. But Nikki Cross, just creeping in the background, like way back there. Made me giggle. I'm going to give her a thumbs up for that creepage right there. Literally playing like Where's Waldo back there. But I caught her. Ripley butts in on the interview. They discuss Royal Rumble odds with each other. It's a lovely, just a solid segment. Uh, absolutely loving Ripley. I, I just, I really like her Rumble odds going into this. She is on fire. I would, I would love her to win the Rumble. That'd be awesome. But one thing I was like kind of playing around with is like, I think maybe like what would be fun is if Charlotte Flair would put her title on the line in the Rumble and enter the Rumble at number one because, you know, she she wants to go on being, oh, I'm a fighting champion and everything. Well, if you're a fighting champion and you think that you're better than everybody on the roster, then why not put your title up on the line in the Rumble? I mean, your dad won the title in a Royal Rumble in 1992. So, again, if she wants to try and top her dad's career since she's trying to get all these championships, why not, like... You know, add something that would be even better than Ric Flair's uh, winning the championship in a Royal Rumble. Have her defend and retain, potentially. Uh, there's a lot of storyline potential with that. I mean, you can do... You can have uh, Charlotte go in at number one, and she starts slaughtering everybody up until, like... 
maybe 12 to 15, 16 area, and she could start doing, like, the Stone Cold thing. Like, she's eliminating people so fast. She's just taking a break. She's just, woo, in the corner and stuff, having a great time, getting the crowd all riled up. And then, like, you get a couple of really big opponents. Maybe you throw in an Alba Fire or something like that. Someone that's, like, you throw in someone that maybe has, a like, let's say Raquel Rodriguez. You throw her in, oh, she's pretty big. Uh, people would be like, oh, maybe. And then, like, Charlotte puts her away as well. And it's like, oh, crap. But then you get the right opponent. I'm just going to say Rhea Ripley. She comes in, like, 17. Basically drew, do the Drew McIntyre thing from last year's rumble or, or two years ago. Uh, have Rhea Ripley take out Charlotte. Crowd will be all in because who doesn't love Rhea Ripley right now? And then... You got a very exciting back half of the Rumble because now you know Charlotte has been eliminated. We have a new champion coming in. But my wife threw in a very interesting tidbit to that. So I'm going on with that. And she's like, but what if when Charlotte gets eliminated, she goes to the back. She does her thing. She's a rabble, rabble, rabble. I I got cheated. And she convinces someone at whoever's at number 29 or 30 to like, challenge her right now or she like takes her out and charlotte gets back into the rumble somehow and then she wins it and and like wins her title back and like that would be super fun i was playing around with that idea i think that would be really wicked fun but uh i don't know i think that's possibly too creative for wwe to do something like that but fuck that would be fun what do you guys think do you think like Charlotte Flair putting her title on the line in the women's rumble. That would be, come on. How, how would you not that? That's awesome. I think that's awesome. Anyway, moving on, uh, us champion, Austin theory. He enters the ring and does an excellent John Cena impression impersonation. He goes, the champ is here. Like, just like John Cena. I was like, Whoa, dude. Like, is that a small seed planted right there? Like, are we going to have John Cena versus Austin Theory possibly at WrestleMania? Now, I, I've heard a little bit of whispers in the wind that maybe that is a potential thing. And just the way that Theory did that, I feel like that is now, that could very well be them planting that seed right there. Maybe John Cena in a week or two, maybe even something on Twitter or something like that. He's like, hey, you can't steal that. That's my line, dog. And then boom, you got a, you got a fight on your hands. I would love to see that. Austin Theory versus John Cena for the United States Championship at WrestleMania. Uh, as far as I can tell, I heard John Cena really likes Austin Theory. I like Austin Theory. I think it would be wicked to have John Cena put him over at Mania. That would be super fun. Anyway, um, Austin delivers his promo. Seth Rollins arrives on crutches. Oh, no. But he's just kidding. He, he he throws away the crutch. He starts dancing with the crutch. It's crazy. The crowd is absolutely white hot for Seth Rollins, dude. Like, oh, my goodness. It's insane. Rollins is one has 100%, like, without a doubt, raided his wife Becky Lynch's closet this week he even stole her sunglasses for goodness sakes like he took everything uh Seth lays down his promo good stuff as always gonna gonna throw throw out a thumbs out here Lashley comes out whoa what the heck I thought you were supposed to be fired well apparently not he's out here now Seth is done uh, dealing with Austin Theory. He and Bobby meet in the ring. Bobby gives the champion a spear. Apparently, Lashley was never fired. It was just a a suspension this whole time. And, yeah, I knew that was going to not stick. And, apparently, they just changed that. He was never fired. Just a suspension. So, there you go. There's that week-to-week booking that WWE is so famous for and that continuity. Regardless, moving on. Rhea Ripley now versus Candice LeRae. 
Rhea is just oozing confidence throughout the match during her entrance. I really love that. Thumbs up. Ripley, woman handling Candice, uh, Candice LeRae all over the place. Rhea whips Candice into the barricade. And oh my goodness, dude. Candice's leg like goes rogue for a second. She gets whipped into the into the barricade so hard. Like her leg gets whipped over. And dude, if I this there was a child in the front row. He was mid like going to sit down. Thankfully, he was sitting down. If he was going to sit up, he would have just eaten a nice solid Candice LeRae drumstick right in the face. Because holy crap, that was close. Anyway, rip t- that is just like the father in me. Like I'm not a dad, but like so- like you could just see like danger sometimes and when children are near it, you're like, "Oh, something bad's going to happen with that child right there." And it almost did. <sighs> anyway, child was fine. Riptide and in dominant fashion, Rhea Ripley wins this match. Ripley continues to rip it up, baby. Now, oh my goodness, they didn't forget. Check this out everybody. MVP meets up with Bobby Lashley. Yes. Yes. Come on, baby. MVP apologizes. Suggests maybe they should do a little hurt business. I I don't know. Maybe they should be doing a little bit of hurt business. And perhaps perhaps this is a great idea. Bobby thinks thinks it's all right. They um Bobby says, "Yeah, man, it's it's water under the bridge." Uh but uh, he's got some other shit going on, so They'll talk a little bit later, and oh my goodness, dude, it looks like it's happening, man. Like MVP's like, yeah, man, I got I got Shelton Benjamin and Cedric. They're they're on they're on the same page. Like, I think we want to get the band back together. And I th- it oh my goodness, the hurt business. I mean, I think everyone's still baffled that they broke that that uh, little group up because it was it was so good for Bobby Lashley and MVP. And uh, yeah, dude, it looks like it's coming back. Hurt business. Let's get it going. And we get a little video of Cody Rhodes uh, about his surgery and the recovery that he had with his disgusting torn pectoral muscle that he suffered so long ago and then decided to wrestle a Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins. Regardless, it looks like he, um, I don't know, man, my wife and I are pretty convinced that he will be returning at the Rumble uh, but I don't know, after watching this video thing here, I'm a little less convinced that he's going to be able to make it for the Rumble, but I don't know, man, who knows, Cody Rhodes is an animal, he literally fought with a muscle torn from his body, and, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he showed up at the Rumble, but, uh, I, I would rather him, uh, not destroy his body before, um, he can get anything really done in the WWE, have a really good solid run here, he hasn't won a championship yet, so, just come back, uh, recovered, Cody, please. Moving on, Dolph Ziggler is backstage, and uh, he is asked by Mustafa to be his tag team partner. Uh, How about no? Dolph teasing, uh, maybe they will, but please, please don't, man. Like, Mustafa, for weeks and weeks now, he has just been trying to latch on to something, to anybody on the roster, and don't do it, Dolph. Don't make him, don't let him drag you down. Just go away, Mustafa. Seriously, put this guy in NXT. Like, I don't know what we're doing with this guy anymore. Like, just, you... Come on, let's just send him down to NXT. Let's just do it. Bronson Reed is backstage with Byron Saxton. The Miz flies in to speak for Bronson. Miz invited Bronson to Miz TV, but Bronson says, pay me. <laughs> I, I like it. He just walks away. I'm going to give him a thumbs up. That was, that was a fun little segment there. Now we got Solo Sokoa versus Dolph Ziggler. Solo is rocking an undefeated streak in singles competition on the main roster. I thought that was pretty impressive. Dolph doing his thing, just selling his ass off, making Solo look like a million bucks. 
Dolph with a zigzag out of nowhere. Almost steals the victory. I was like, oh, snap. Solo throws Ziggler in the air. Nails a Samoan spike for the W. Nice finish there. Very solid match. Dolph doing his thing. And Solo, though he ain't like a massive dude or anything, he has been a great monster uh, for WWE and especially for the Bloodline. Especially lately with the whole channeling of Umaga. I absolutely love it. It's been such a a great shift for uh, the gimmick of Solo Sokoa. I really enjoy it. Thumbs up. Don Mysterio, my boy, he is back. He is back from his outrageously long prison sentence, just spending hours and hours in prison over the last week. But um, he is dressed up like Conan right now. No, he's straight up. Viva la, rrr, viva la raza, baby. 5150. I'm sorry. I really, I really loved LAX in, uh, in TNA back in the day, and Conan. I love that guy, man. Anyway, uh, I love the fact that Dom Mysterio is rocking his look right now. He is rolling, or sorry, Dom Mysterio is rolling, not Conan. He's not here. Just uh, a, a Dom Mysterio that looks like Conan is here. So Dom is rolling into the arena with his crew. He will tell his story on Miz TV later about his awful hour spent in prison. I cannot believe, though, seriously, y'all, I cannot believe how much I have fallen in love with heel Dom Mysterio. I, I can't believe it. Like, I I truly thought that Dom was going to be dead in the water in WWE, and he's absolutely flourished in a heel role. Like, I am amazed. Uh, if there if there's going to be a award that I'm giving out for most improved, I think it has to go to Dominic. Uh, wow. Moving on, we got Bailey. She is confronted by Mia Yim about cheating earlier in their match. Damage control attack, and moving on. Ms. TV time with my boy, Dom Mysterio, and the Judgment Day. Oh, buddy. Dom has a new entrance theme right here. I'm really digging it. I think it's new anyway. I haven't heard it. Dom and Rhea have fully taken the spotlight at this point in the Judgment Day. You know, it started out being led by Edge. Then it kind of looked like it was uh, Finn Balor's thing. A little bit of... of um, Damian Priest, then it was Rhea Ripley's, and now it looks like it's just straight up Dom and Rhea, and you got Finn and Priest just kind of in the background right here, but I'm into it. Dom is an is a changed man after being in prison for a couple of hours. He is acting like he spent like 25 to life, though. It is hilarious. It is so freaking funny, and um, he even has the teardrop freaking tattoo under the eye. Like, oh, the details, man, the details. This is amazing. Every time, every single time, anyone says mommy, whether it be Dom, Miz, the commentary, my wife, myself, I'm laughing, dude. I love this mommy gimmick. I love it so much. It's so freaking good. Thumbs up. Dom says he now fully understands what Martha Stewart went through. He gets a like an arena-wide laugh out of that. Like it, That was well done. Miz calls out Dom for only being in prison for like two hours. This is seriously upsets the judgment day they intimidate the hell out of the miz he takes it back he clearly has had bad intel he apologizes and um moving on then the fun is ruined by gallows and anderson boo you guys are ruining everything they got to start up the tag team turmoil tournament thing because it is it's a big part of the show so Anyway, the Miz TV ends here, but I absolutely love this, man. Dominic Mysterio has has been, like, the thing that I look forward to kind of the most. One of the, it's like, Sami Zayn, the Bloodline, Kevin Owens, and Dom Mysterio is, like, the best thing that Raw has to offer right now. It's fucking crazy. Thumbs up. 
Tag Team Turmoil Eliminator Tournament thing begins. So we got, I think, five teams competing. Pretty self-explanatory two-team start. One team gets eliminated, another team enters, and whoever comes out at the end gets a shot at the title. So let's get into it. First two teams are Finn Balor and Damian Priest. They're going up against Gallows and Anderson, the two the two crumb bums, the two the two bummer drummers that had to ruin my awesome Miz TV sequence anyway. The OC going to work, but Dom interferes, allowing Finn to steal the victory here. Match one, meh, not very good. Now we got Judgment Day versus Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Oh, the hurt business basically, but not quite yet. No, I don't even think MVP was out here. Cedric and Shelton explode out of the gate. They're trying to capitalize on a a somewhat tired Judgment Day. Rhea is yelling at uh, Kevin Patrick on commentary, just scaring the absolute crap out of him. I got a good laugh out of that. Got a very sloppy-looking tag move from Shelton and Cedric. I mean, you know, they haven't been in the ring together for a while, so a little bit of ring rust. That's okay. It's okay. We'll we'll get it together in the Hurt Business next week, uh, hopefully. Priest with a choke slam. Finn with a coup de gras picks up another victory, and that's another team eliminated. Honestly, like I said, Shelton was a bit shaky, but I'm going to let it slide because he's Shelton Benjamin. He's the he's he's awesome. Good performance, though, from, Sh- uh, from uh, Cedric. He was fired up. Uh, I really, really wanted to see a lumbar check. I mean, dude, if you have not seen the lumbar check from Cedric Alexander, just look it up on YouTube and you will see some of the most outrageous sells. It is an awesome finishing maneuver. Don't know if he's going to do it. It's one of those moves that uh, I think he was basically doing it in 205 because it's a move that you will not. he will not be able to do on, on everybody, that's for sure. But when he does it, it looks awesome. Uh, anyway. Solid tag team match. Moving on, you got now it's Alpha Academy versus The Judgment Day. Crowd is demanding a tag to Otis. Interesting. Judgment Day is shutting that down, not letting him get in. Otis does finally get into the match. He squashes Priest in the corner. An absolute hilarious sell from Damien right there. He got, he's got the wiggles and the legs, and then he does a flare-style flop. I mean, oh, Damien, what are you doing right now? Thumbs up. We see a rare caterpillar from Otis. Crowd absolutely loves it, but the happiness is short-lived. Judgment Day pick up another victory here, and Alpha Academy is eliminated. A fun match. Crowd was really into Otis this week. It's, I don't know, it's hot and cold with Otis. Sometimes the crowd just really, really loves him. They remember the old heavy machinery days, and sometimes he gives it to them, and other times he just ignores it, but uh, he gave it to them this, this night, so that was fun. Uh, Finn selling a rib injury after getting squashed by Otis in that match. Pierce comes down to assess the damage. Priest says, bro, Finn is fine, dude. I got this. I really like Damian Priest in, in this whole scene. He's very funny in all this, but uh, thumbs up for him. Priest now using Dominic Mysterio as his partner. So here we go. Now we have the Street Profits versus Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio now getting into it. Dom getting all warmed up, stretching out the hammies, you know, uh, and it does absolutely nothing. He's getting his ass whooped by the Prophets. It's not going good. Carnage on the outside. Priest blasts forward over the announce table, and then Angelo Dawkins with an absolutely incredible dive over the ropes, takes out everyone and lands on his feet like not even a big deal. I got to give him a round of applause for that and a thumbs up. That was That was beautiful. Finn Balor is sitting there just absolutely stunned at what he just saw Dawkins do. That is hilarious. Great job from Finn. 
Mommy absolutely over the moon at this point, watching her man beat down Angelo Ford in the ring. Ford is tossing Dom, or uh, Ford tosses Dom into a German suplex by Dawkins. That was a fucking awesome tag team move right there. Thumbs up. Ford goes full Rocket Man, just soars over the ring post and onto Damian Priest. I mean, Jesus, man, this guy and his hang time is absolutely ridiculous. Follows that up with a beautiful 450 splash on Dom, but Damian Priest at the last second saves him. Oh my goodness, the crowd is losing it. Dom rolls with a uh, with a roll up, got his feet on the ropes, and an assist from Mommy. They steal the victory from the Prophets. Oh wow, I did not see that coming. Great finale, unreal performance from Damian Priest. I gotta shout him out, especially he was out there for well over fifty minutes wrestling. He was funny. I mean, it was great from him. Mommy. Dominic and Rhea, or sorry, Mommy and Dom were fucking entertaining as all hell. They were making me laugh so many times, man. Great job from them. Thumbs up. Dawkins and Ford, yet another jaw-dropping performance from them. Honestly, very surprised they didn't get the W here, but I think after after that performance, Judgment Day truly earned it here. Uh, great match. 8 out of 10. Crowd was loving it. I was loving it, and the Usos, not so much. They come out, and uh, eventually we're going to have the Usos versus the Judgment Day for the Undisputed Championships at some point. I think they're going to do it at the Rumble. I didn't catch when this was going to happen, but interesting on paper. That is quite interesting. Uh, I I don't know who the babyface team's going into that, because like Dom is just so entertaining. I think the crowd inevitably is just going to fall in love with them. Uh, and I think, I guess the Usos right now would be the baby faces in that situation, but damn, that was a interesting situation for sure. Uh, MVP performance from the Judgment Day this week saved what was honestly a fairly mediocre Raw. I am very happy that the Hurt Business appears to be reforming again. That's just like a slam dunk. Like, again, I have no reason, I don't understand why they, they ever broke them up. It was going so well for them. Austin Theory and Seth Rollins are having a really good rivalry so far. Uh, but the freaking Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt situation, man, just continues to uninterest me. I just don't, not really, come on. We got to move along with this thing. And I was disappointed. Like, I feel like, I again, I'll say, I say this every week, but I feel like Alexa Bliss is shouldn't be in that, in that situation. I don't like her performance in all of it. And uh, yeah, that's just my two cents. Uh, the tag tournament started a bit slow, but built up, had some really funny moments throughout, really strong finish, and it made the show quite good, and it was a good chunk of the show, like one-third of Raw was dedicated to this like mini tournament, I enjoyed that part of it, fun show, like I said, really good ending, 6.5 out of 10, not too bad, very solid Raw. Let's go to NXT. This was the New Year's Evil show, so I, it's kind of like a like think of it kind of like an in your house back in the day. It's not like a it's not a pay per view, but it's definitely more than your typical NXT. But uh, let's just discuss. Class is in session. Mister Chase is running down the match card as the class discusses it. Uh, Marcus, like an idiot, Marcus. Who the hell is Marcus? Okay, under further review, it turns out Marcus is uh, nobody, but he was in class. He, he was in the class. Um, uh, he, he's an idiot, though. He says he can't wait to watch the Dempsey versus Hank fight. 
Get the fuck out of my class, says Mr. Chase. <laughs> the rest of the class gets all hyped up, especially Thea Hale. She is going absolutely freaking psycho mode. Getting, <laughs> She's so funny, man. I really loved the opening to the show. I mean, Chase U, the swearing, it's it's great. And now you got Thea Hale, who's just gone, goes completely nuts every single week. I, you got to love her energy. It is infectious. So fun opening to the show. And we're kicking it off with the Don with Stacks versus Dijak. So um, honestly, it was a little surprised to see these guys starting out the show, but let's see how they did. Stacks taking a tackle for the Dawn. Dijak manages to chain up Stacks. I honestly have no idea how where he found the time or the chains uh, to do that, but he did. Stacks tries to take over the match for some reason. Even though he's chained up, he just wants to protect the Don. Doesn't work out. Don eats a gnarly boot to the face, and Dijak wins. Uh, an all right opening match. Uh, it was a little bit better, I guess, than I thought it was going to be. Uh, a little bit confused with stacks getting in the way here. Really just didn't make any sense. He was all chained up and probably should have got disqualified, but he didn't. But anyway, Dijak uh, looks like he may have just ditched the Feast for Your Eyes. Maybe someone was listening to me and looks like he's going to go with this big boot kick thing. And I hope he does because it looked way better. It looked way better. I mean, the Dawn sold it really well. And there you go. Uh, not that great of an opener. The Creeds now versus Indusher. Finally, after what, like a month and a half? Are we finally going to have this match? No, because freaking Songo wants to say something. But Brutus Creed wants to fuck. That's what I heard, bro. That's what I heard him say. Like, I I don't know if that... It's, I don't I don't know what other words he could have said there, but I, I'm pretty sure he said he wanted to fuck. So I'm going to go with that. Songa says his partner isn't here. You have got to be freaking kidding me. But then... Out of nowhere, nobody can hinder the gender. It's gender freaking Mahal. He comes out, he attacks the Creeds. Crowd has never been hotter, I think, for gender Mahal. I don't think we'll ever see this again. Uh... Honest, honestly, I'm a little blown away here. Wow, what a surprise. Jinder Mahal in NXT. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's try that out. See how that... Okay. Uh, but seriously, though, how long have they been going on about this Indusher fighting the Creeds? It's been going on and on and on. Oh, we're finally going to have it. Creeds have been hurt. We're just, they're finally fucking healed up. And then your dude doesn't show up? Like, what the hell happened? But instead we get gender. This is all around confusing. And I swear to God, we will never see a crowd hotter for Jinder Mahal. Unless I'm in it. Because for some reason, I ever since I heard you cannot hinder the gender, I've loved Jinder Mahal. And they don't even use that in the WWE. So if you guys want to use it, go ahead. Tag team gauntlet match now. We got pretty deadly. They are going to take out three of the top teams in NXT in one night. But instead, pretty deadly bring out some uh, wannabe rockers team. What the hell is going on here? Pretty deadly put away the rockers in no time. New Day come out and put an end to this bullshit. New Day have uh, a couple of real teams in mind. How about some... Anofi and Blade. All right, let's try that out. So they're fighting pretty deadly. We got some nice stereo dives on pretty deadly out of the gate. Combo superplex and splash by Blade and Anofi. Really like that move right there. Thumbs up. Anofi rolls up Prince, but Castles pushes his best friend. It reverses the pinfall, and they pick up the victory here. Very clever in very clever fashion, I must add. A uh, very solid match. Sa sadly, I found it a little obvious that Anofi and Blade were going to lose because 
they have a second team just waiting we don't know who they are but like obviously the second team's going to come out and, and, and fight as well and that team happens to be the returning gallus okay mark coffee and wolfgang coming out welcome back they make short work of pretty deadly picking up a fast w in their return gallus will take on the new day in the near future for the nxt tag team titles all right very interesting Julius Creed now, he's backstage flipping out. He is sick and tired of getting jumped. He wants to, to, to just destroy Jinder Mahal. So that will be coming up at some point. Or maybe they'll just keep teasing that match as well. And that will never happen. So I have no idea what's going on. So confused. NXT has a little New Year's countdown thingy. Even though they're like 10 days late. But whatever, I guess better late than never. Tiffany Stratton decides she's going to return. She delivers a standard little heel promo. It's it's really not that good. Felt very, very scripted. But uh, my wife absolutely hates Tiffany Stratton. I think she's okay. But again, we I haven't seen enough of her yet. But she has potential to be a very annoying heel. Now we got Grayson Waller versus Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. So uh, this one was quite interesting. So let's get into it. Waller hits Braun into the corner, and the middle rope comes completely off. I mean, don't see this very often, and uh, yes, so the ring crew and refs scramble to fix the issue. They go to commercial break, we come back, everything appears to be fixed. So Waller is in control now. He puts Breaker into a Steiner recliner. Uh, Not a good idea. This awakens Braun a bit. He fights back. Waller hits a lovely-looking knee to Braun's face. We got a near fall right there. Thumbs up. Crowd seems to be behind Grayson Waller at this point. Very, very interesting. And then, even more interestingly so, the same middle rope again blows out. But Waller this time is on the rope, and uh, he takes a nasty fall on the floor right there. And Waller trying to get up. He grabs the loosened rope, he falls back down to the ground, and he's not able to answer the 10 count, and Braun Breaker retains the championship. Okay, I have 1,100 questions, so um, uh, everyone is rightfully confused. I have no idea right now if that was planned. I don't know if that ring rope actually broke. I have no idea at this point, so let's go theoretically. Let's look at it both ways, so... If they plan this rope to break twice during a match, uh, I feel like the first one was probably fake, but the second one was supposed to happen. Regardless, uh, the finish, I, I, I think it was clever with Waller grabbing the ropes and falling back down. I think you could have used that way more effectively in a last man standing match. That would have been a great finish for, for one of those. Uh, regardless, uh, I, I think the finish here falls a little flat. Again, they I don't know if it was real or not. I think they blurred that line a little bit too close. Regardless, the crowd wasn't into it. They were confused like everybody else was. The match itself wasn't all that good. And uh yeah, I have no idea, but um if if that didn't ha- if that wasn't supposed to happen, that's insane like having the same rope bust twice. I think that's that's kind of too crazy for something like that to happen in wwe once yes i've seen it a handful of times it does happen but twice the same rope i think that's so i'm starting to think that this is like a I'll, it'll make a little bit more sense as the show goes on but i'm i'm leaning more towards the side that this is a work and uh, the ropes didn't break twice on on accidents that's that's a little too crazy but if it did yo we gotta look at that ring crew and and start 
pointing some fingers because that tumble that Grayson Waller took on that second ring, like he like fell on his head basically. The referee goes diving to try and catch him, which again just adds more like okay, that kind of adds to the like doesn't look like it was supposed to happen, but anyway, I'll try and stop rambling about that, but I I just couldn't get over how like weird of a situation that was. And to make it even more weird, I guess, Shawn Michaels, uh, he comes out to kind of address it. He says he's going to address it later on in the show. So again, this now makes me think that this is a work. So I have no idea. And just in case you guys don't know, like maybe the wrestling lingo, a work means it is uh, a planned thing that is supposed to happen. And the other term being a shoot, which means that is something that wasn't supposed to happen. So I'm leaning on the side that this was a work and that was supposed to happen, but they did a really good job at kind of making the ropes look like they were shooting on Grayson Waller this night. But anyway, moving on, sorry. Now we got Axiom and his turtleneck. They meet up in the backstage with Apollo Crews, and uh, they want to be a tag team. So uh, they're going to be looking to do that next week. And sure, in-ring that would be fantastic, but these are two guys that are uh, very not that charismatic on the microphone. We'll, we'll, We'll leave it at that. Now we got Hank Walker with Drew Gulak versus Charlie Dempsey. We got an impressive shoulder breaker from Hank. I mean, when the hell is the last time we've seen a shoulder breaker like that? I mean, uh, fun fact, that used to be The Rock's finisher before he became The Rock, when he was just Rocky Maivia. He used to do that shoulder breaker, and uh, it's a really uh, visually appealing move. Uh, Excuse me. Gulak is coaching on the outside. He helps um, Hank improve in the ring, but Dempsey is still too much. He tops Hank, makes him tap out here for the W. It was an all right match. I mean, I really love the the character of Hank Walker. Uh, it's going to be an interesting storyline to see uh, uh, Gulak mentoring him to probably make him into a, a more, uh, what do you call it, legit fighter in the, in the NXT. But I like that he's going up against Dempsey. Dempsey's a fun guy. He reminds me of, um, oh man, I don't remember his full name, but it, they used to call him Toothless Timmy. He was around for a hot second. Whatever the hell happened to that guy? But anyway, I I digress. Let's move on. Alba Fire. She is aggressively apologizing to Sol Ruka. She's like, let me apologize to you. No, okay. She wasn't going that crazy. But basically, uh, she's uh, she was sorry for wrecking her spot last week. Fire says she is stressed out. Well, obviously, yeah, that's, that's very clear at this point. Uh, but Ruka is very understanding. So there, a very nice little segment here from two ladies that I really enjoy on NXT. Probably two of my uh, more favored of the newer uh, crop down there right now. And we got Jinder Mahal with Sangha versus Julius Creed. So again, not a tag team match. Julius, with an impressive leap to the top rope, suplexes Jinder Mahal. That was dope. Mahal lays in a snug elbow on Julius, busting open his mouth. How you doing? Julius gets distracted. He misses a shooting star. Jinder capitalizes, hits the Coloss for the victory. Eh, it was an all right match. You know, Julius doing uh, his cool stuff, and then Jinder just doing his gender thing just uh yeah he's not very good in the ring uh not kind of just stiff and clunky all the time Uh, i don't know how uh, he pairs with julius i don't think it's all that good but it's it's very very early and um i do like the coloss i think it's a pretty decent finisher now we got stevie turner uh she is having a live stream watching herself wrestle i 
I, I can relate. You know, I have to watch myself with my YouTube stuff, and I have to listen to myself with my podcast all the time. So, um, yeah, sometimes, I, you know, I laugh at myself a lot because I think I have a, a problem in my head. But anyway, uh, honestly, I'm not familiar with Stevie Turner. She was in NXT UK. I wasn't watching a whole lot of NXT UK. So, uh, But she seems pretty cool, a uh, different kind of gimmick, uh, a streamer. It's, uh, okay, we'll try it out. Now we move on to the number one contender, 20 women battle royale. All 20 women in the ring to start this thing off. The women's roster immediately team up against my beautiful, innocent Cora Jade. What the actual fuck? And they eliminate her first. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Unbelievably rude. Uh, Sol Ruka with a nice save, keeping herself in the match. Cora runs, she re-enters herself into the match, only to tumble immediately over the top, eliminating herself again. What the hell? Are you serious right now? What are you guys doing to Cora Jade? What, what has happened? Now we got Wendy Chu. She lands on her pillow, saving her from elimination, but only for a moment. Her pillow is taken away, and she falls and hits the ground. She's out. Ruka with a huge elimination on Zoe Starks. I imagine that is going to lead to a rivalry between those two. That could be quite good. We get down to the final four of Alba Fire, Valkyria, whatever the hell her name is, the, the new girl, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jane. So both members of Toxic Attraction in the final four. Very interesting. Let's see who, who comes out with the victory here. Valkyria with a cool elimination on Alba Fire. That's a big one. Cora Jade appears again, causing a distraction. Valkyria gets eliminated, so good chance that Cora Jade and Valkyria are going to get into it at some point. Now it is down to both members of Toxic Attraction. Very interesting. Let's see how this plays out. JC Jane goes for the elimination, or uh, sorry, she goes to eliminate herself. Gigi goes over to say, no, don't do that. But JC tricks her and the fight is on. Oh my goodness. Both women fighting on the top rope. They go crashing to the floor. And it appears that both women's feet hit the ground at the exact same time. Oh dear. Wow. We got a classic John Cena Batista finish. But will Vince McMahon come down and blow out both of his quads? No, no, he does not. He does not come out. The refs decide that. Both women win, so it's going to be Gigi and JC Jane versus Roxanne Perez in a triple threat at Vengeance for the championship. Uh, honestly, a very interesting decision to do that. I uh, thought they would restart it, but they didn't. Uh, it was a fun battle royale, as as most of these are. I always enjoy them quite a bit. They, uh, I think they should have uh, had Valkyria, or whatever her name is, debut in this Battle Royale. If you're going to have her make it into the Final Four, this would have been a great spot to uh, really make people be like, oh, okay, this, this girl is legitimate. She made it to the top four, and uh, top three, arguably. So, yeah, that would have been a way better place to debut her, I feel like. But, um, again, WWE doesn't do a fantastic job at at debuting new superstars but uh they at least gave her a top four spot in this match so that that could help her out a bit soul ruka looked good and uh so did as did starks and nikita lyons also had a pretty good performance in there uh but what the heck man my girl she was getting done dirty in there but she was very funny throughout like the eliminations were very funny and uh she was she's definitely going to be getting into it with um it looks, it looks like Valkyria is going to get into it with someone. Uh, a few storylines getting built here throughout this um, battle royale, which 
they tend to do that. It's a very good spot area to um, build out some fun storylines. Anyway, I enjoyed this. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10 for the Battle Royale. Now, Shawn Michaels, as he said, he is going to announce uh, what to do with that match that we just had to watch. So he says that he's going to have Grayson Waller and Braun Breaker fight in a steel cage match for the title at Vengeance. So there you go. So... Again, that just makes me think that that was a work and they're just kind of building more time to get to Vengeance Day, add a little bit more fuel to the fire, and now we're going to have a steel cage match where allegedly no shenanigans will take place, but there's always shenanigans in a fucking steel cage match. Get out of here. Pretty solid show this week. Uh, Jinder Mahal in NXT honestly won't probably won't go very well, but his arrival was a lot of fun at least. Uh, Will we ever see Indusher in a match, in a tag team match? I I. I do not know at this point. Nice to see Gallus back. Honestly, kind of forgot about these guys a little bit. Uh, The ring rope situation was insanely weird. Seems like a work to me, but it was done pretty well. Ends up leading to the the cage match they'll have, which will be interesting because Waller uses quite a bit of outside ring offense in uh, in his offense. So it'll be interesting to see him in there. Alba adds a bit more depth to her character this week, and uh, the Battle Royale was a lot of fun. The ending was pretty cool, but like I said, I'm a bit surprised they had both members of Toxic Attraction winning. Thought maybe they, that could lead to them splitting. I mean, they still can. They can They can get into it in the triple threat match, or there's potential for them to team up, trying to take out the champ. So yeah, there's a lot of storylines they can play with with that. And honestly, I got to tell you guys, stop doing my girl, Cora Jade Dirty. I don't like what's going on. It's it's entertaining, but like, she's awesome. So anyway, it was a very, it was a solid show this week. Going to give it a six out of ten. Okay, let's go on to Dynamite this week. This was a big one. They are in LA at the Forum this week. And um, I just got to shout out the look of the show. Very cool, like, 80s theme going on. It's a little bit minimalistic, minimalistic, like, not a whole lot, just some banners and stuff. But really like the neon blue and the neon pink. It's just, it's very 80s. We start out this show with Jon Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page. So these guys... Uh, really don't like each other, so uh, they start out the fight right away, go right into a hockey fight, right out of the gate. Crowd is really hot for the Cowboy. Moxley gnaws on Hangman's back. That was uh, quite strange. Hangman hits a stiff lariat on the outside. Moxley answers right back with one of his own. Uh, Hangman hits a very nice moonsault on the outside, and uh, he smacks his lower back into the barricade. That didn't look like it felt good. Moxley nails a pile driver, and Adam is out at one on that, just going fucking Iron Man right there. Hangman nails a Deadeye, but Moxley pops up before Hangman does. That's just Jesus. And then Moxley just stomps in his head. That was awesome. Going to give that a thumbs up. We got a vicious slap fight. They're just slapping the bejesus out of each other. Hangman nails a buckshot, pins, and wins the match. Wow. That was a brutal fight, man. Just a lot of stiff shots big offense from both guys here not the longest match it could it could have been a bit longer and uh honestly it could have went yeah like i was surprised it was uh it was short but it was not bad in any way i really did like this match seven and a half out of ten the doctors are checking out moxley after the match moxley could have easily picked up like a a concussion both guys could have during this match the slaps were vicious i mean there's just tons of stiff shots so uh, hopefully moxley is okay 
Moving on, you got Tony Schiavone has someone special to introduce. It's Adam Cole, baby. Oh my goodness. Everybody is very happy to see him, myself included. Adam is amped to be back in the ring and in the LA Forum. Bay tells us about his struggles over the last year with all of his injury troubles. Paige thanks everybody for all the amazing support he's received from all the fans. That's really nice. Thumbs up for that. Adam has bad news though. Bad news for the AEW locker room because he's back, baby. He's ready to fight, and that was an awesome promo. Uh, welcome back, Adam Pay or sorry, Adam Cole, baby. That is awesome. I freaking love this guy. And uh, yeah, he's been going through a lot of injury trouble over the last like numerous months, but it looks like he is back. I don't know if he's a hundred percent, but he looks like he's ready to wrestle. So that is awesome. Thumbs up for that. The Acclaim, they announced they are going to receive a star on the Walk of Fame. That is pretty goddamn impressive, I must say. That is pretty goddamn impressive. Now we got Big Bill and Lee Moriarty with Stokely versus Jungle Hook. I mean, come on now. That name is fucking awesome. Jungle Boy and Hook. Jungle Hook. I mean, I, I love the Jungle Book, so I especially love this name. Uh, Jungle Boy and Moriarty trade some thunderous chops. That just had me giddy like a schoolgirl. I love that stuff. Thumbs up. Hook hits the T-bone suplex on the 7-foot-tall Big Bill. That was insane. Thumbs up for that. Big Bill is blown away that he was just picked up and thrown like that. That was wild. Snare trap by Jungle Boy on Moriarty. He taps out and Jungle Hook pick up the W. Good match, man. That was a good match for a new tag team. Showed off some good teamwork. Crowd was fucking loving it. 7 out of 10. Good match. Now we go backstage. We got this Hauser has a, a awkward interaction with, with Dan Hausen. So we got Hauser and Hausen. And then the best friends show up. I, on, I don't know who this Hauser guy is. Uh, I don't think the best friends do either because it was kind of an awkward interaction backstage I, I didn't go over I, di I didn't like it moving on Takeshka oh buddy oh do I ever do I ever get a big old smile on my face whenever I see this guy on AEW it's I'm you're always in for a treat when this guy wrestles and we are in for a treat but first uh, Takeshka he's coming out for his match but the champion MJF is here he ain't dressed to fight so what the heck do you want well he wants to be a total douchebag he uh taught he <laughs> He totally calls Takeshka take a shitta because, I mean, yes, that is on paper what Takeshka looks like. It's spelled take a shitta, but it's pronounced Takeshka. And uh, MGF pokes fun at that. And, dude, MGF, do you, do you listen to my podcast or something? Because I've also poked fun at that. But, uh, uh, anyway, moving on. MGF is riling up the LA crowd he calls out some celebrities in the crowd you got uh Ken Jun of Hangover and Community Fame I love that guy he is so funny and a legitimate doctor that's crazy Freddie Prince Jr is also in the crowd MGF calls him a dinosaur good stuff and then Brian Danielson has heard enough of all the funny MGF chirps he chases him out of the ring and MGF just full on Hussein bolts out of that ring he is gone so we move on to the match to Keshka versus Brian Danielson. Oh, buddy, we're in for a treat. BD with a beautiful surfboard into the Dragon Sleeper. I mean, just technical brilliance right there. Takeshka hits a awesome blue thunder bomb. Crowd is cheering uh, quite a lot for Takeshka. He is liking that. I'm liking that. Everyone's liking that. Uh, 
Takeshka lays in some vicious chops. Even Brian Danielson is like, damn, he was like that. Those are some meaty ass chops. Probably, probably some of the nicest chops in the biz. Thumbs up for that. Danielson gets in on the vicious chop fest, throwing some of his own. I mean, oh, dude, the chests are absolute ground beef at this point. They are just mutilated. Thumbs up. Takeshka nails Danielson with a lariat off of the top rope. I mean, oh my goodness, dude. Amazing. Thumbs up. Brian goes for a hurricanrana on the outside. He doesn't get quite all of it, doesn't nail it really clean, and they kind of take an awkward fall, but it, it looked vicious, so it, it, it looked like like a car wreck it was it was really good in a bad way anyway uh they trade some insane elbows on each other Takeshka tops it off with another just decapitating lariat oh my goodness what a sequence thumbs up unbelievable near fall off the psycho knee crowd is just fucking going crazy Danielson's also going crazy he stomps in Takeshka's head locks in the submission yet again and this time Takeshka passes out Brian Danielson with a victory. Oh my goodness, man. Another amazing match from these two. Animals. Just animals. Crowd was amazing, man. They were cheering. And they were just like... Not only were they cheering like animals, but they were clapping out of like appreciation and respect like a New Japan crowd would. So I really... I, I noted that. That's that's really awesome. Um, dude, just vicious is an understatement. This was just... This was damn near criminal. This was like a crime happening in the ring. Just two guys beating the fuck out of each other. So many brutal shots from both sides. Excellent selling. Amazing counters. Transitions. I mean, you name it. This match had it. Uh, a couple minor slip-ups. I mean, uh, Brian uh, Danielson missed a, a little bit of a dive and a little bit of a hurricanrana fall. But whatever. It was all good. They recovered for them expertly. And honestly, this match is just a wow Another match of the year contender, 9 out of 10. Fantastic match. Moving on, we ain't done yet. We ain't done yet. Tony Storm and Soraya versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter with Rebel. Jamie suplexes both Soraya and Tony at the same time. Sheeta comes down carrying a kendo stick. She seems in good spirits. In good spirits, she is definitely not upset at all at Soraya for disrespecting her last week. The wicked hip attack from Tony Storm into a nice tornado DDT. Got to give her a thumbs up for that. Very nice. Hater just blasts Tony in the face with a kick. Ouch. Tony and Hater get into a slugfest in the middle of the ring. Oh my goodness. I'm just oh so good. Thumbs up. Britt uses Sheeta's kendo stick, smacks Tony while the ref is distracted, and Britt steals the victory right here. Oh yeah, baby. Uh, sadly, the... Sheeta throws in her stick, hoping to help the the team of Soraya or uh, Tony or not Tony Storm and Soraya. Wait, I don't know what she was trying to do. She was trying to help someone. It didn't work. Regardless, it was a great match. Soraya looked really comfy in the ring uh, for only her second match in seven years. Uh, she looked good, man. She looked really good in there. Really comfy. Really enjoyed her performance. I love, absolutely love. Tony versus Hater in the ring. I, I love their chemistry and I want more of it uh, right now. And of course, Britt Baker being sneaky and very entertaining throughout, but she and she, and being tough as hell. Eight out of ten. Great tag team match. Oh my goodness. This show is bananas, dude. Now it is time for the Jericho Appreciation Society. It's time 
to appreciate them. Oh, baby. So Jericho Appreciation Society make their entrance. Everybody is wearing matching, matching golden blazers. Just looking fantastic. They even give us the little twirl in unison. Oh, my goodness. And on top of that, they all have tearaway pants revealing underneath even tighter pants. I mean, who is the genius behind all this? Thumbs up. Chris says that Action Andretti is back in the minor leagues and Ricky Starks is Dunyan Rings. This summons both Action Andretti and Ricky Starks. Jericho calls Action all over Twist. Please, sir, may I have some more? I mean, okay, he pulled that one out. That was awesome. Action fires back at Jericho Appreciation Society going hard on Ty Mello, saying she can't keep her hands out of his crotchal region. This really upsets Sammy Guevara. He is losing it. Ricky calls out Gilligan <laughs> Gilligan Island back there with his bucket hat. Uh, he means Jake Haggard. Ricky makes fun of Haggard's lisp. Jake unleashes. He screams about his love for his hat. And oh, he's going to destroy Ricky Starks. Ricky says okie dokie. And oh my goodness, dude. That was just a lot of fun. Hilarious little segment here. Just... Just kind of dudes being dudes, just ripping on each other, making fun of each other. It was it was very entertaining. Very good stuff. Thumbs up. Now, we go to the cherry on top. The main event. Match 7 of 7 of the Best of 7 series. So, we had to go all the way to 7. We all saw it coming, but what a ride to get here. So, we get... Oh, here we go. The Elite versus Death Triangle in... The ladder match, or the Escalera de la Muerte, or whatever the fuck. I have no idea. I don't speak fucking Mexican, whatever the hell they were speaking. Both teams explode out of the gate, hitting a bunch of quick offense. Kenny crashes through a table, and then right after that, Matt goes through one himself. Oh my goodness, we are we are in for a treat, folks. Thumbs up. Ray, with a outrageous springboard, her Karana on Nick sends him crashing hard onto the ladder. That was just vicious. Thumbs up for that. Fear Factor by Death Triangle. Phoenix, another ridiculous dive over the top, man. Like, oh my goodness. Thumbs up. Matt landing the Northern Lights suplexes on Ray, plants him onto a ladder. Nick hits a perfect 450 through a table on the outside. Like, so effortlessly just perfect. Like, perfect alex interferes so brandon runs in gives him a double dose of the ice spray in the eyes my eyes penta then nails a fear factor onto the ladder i mean holy shit dude thumbs up kenny nails a one-winged angel on phoenix off of the ladder i mean oh my goodness dude thumbs up Kenny right after that gets the knees up to block the black arrow from Pac. Kenny climbs and he grabs the trio's titles and no! Trio's champions, the elite! Oh my mercy, dude. Just, I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out. That was insane. That was just insane. From start to freaking finish, dude. Petal to the metal. Oh my gosh. From both of these teams. They're just both ridiculous. So many highlights, man. I honestly, I could talk for like another 10 minutes on this match. I, I cannot possibly, I couldn't get all of them down, but it was insane. Literally looked like a match I used to do in the video games way back in the day. Like just these out, like 
all these tables, just so much carnage. Like, this looks like a match dreamed up in my brain. 9 out of 10, excellent match. And I w- I, I'm going to go out and say that this was my favorite match in the in this amazing... in. In this amazing series of matches, dude, like, all seven of these matches, they were all good. The final two matches, though, the no disqualification, falls count anywhere, amazing, and me, I just love ladder matches, so this one just really hit home for me. I love this match, and just excellent job from both of these trios teams. Best trios matches I've ever seen, period. My goodness, though, oh my god. another fantastic dynamite this show was damn near flawless like only that little awkward best friends moment backstage that was like the only thing that made me go eh and 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 maybe the hangman versus moxley it was a little bit underwhelming i was expecting them to like blow the fucking roof off the house but it was still a very good match so it was still really good we got another absolute instant classic from Takeshka a cherry on top of a brilliant best of seven series from the elite and death triangle amazing stuff MJF was entertaining some very pleasant returns baby I mean come on LA forum was electric out there and the show was just over the top amazing nine out of ten you will you will be very entertained watching this show. You'll be very happy, and if you love wrestling, this is oh my, this is about as good as it gets for a weekly TV show that I've ever seen. When it comes to wrestling, it is outstanding. What a show! LA Forum, you were amazing, and wow, how how are you going to top that? Freaking smack like WWE. It's not even a contest, man. It's not. It really isn't. And here is Exhibit A of why it is not a competition. SmackDown this week, they uh, they were in Green Bay, and uh, oh boy, let's just let's dive into this. Braun Strowman versus Gunter with Imperium for a short second. They're kicking off the show with the Intercontinental Championship match. Uh, I didn't have a lot of expectations going into this. I didn't think that Braun Strowman is a good match for Gunter, but let's let's dive into it and see how they did. Braun does his big. Strowman Express move on the outside, rips his shirt off. The crowd loves it. He loves it. He's uh he's from the area, so he's basically the hometown boy in this match. Uh, so he's he's pretty fired up. He yeah, pretty good. Gunter works the injured arm of Strowman all throughout the match. Imperium attacks Braun while the referee is distracted, and then Braun Strowman deadlifts Gunter. Uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, I mean, we all know that Braun Strowman is very strong, but this was this was very very impressive. Deadlifts Gunter up, slams him in a very awkward way, but it, it, he did it. Holy shit, though, that was awesome and kind of scary at the same time. I'll give him a thumbs up for that. That was awesome. Match really picks up the pace after that. Gunter showing off his stamina and Braun holding his own in there. He was sweating like crazy, but he 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 was in there. Gunter delivering a bowling shoe ugly power bomb stacks up Braun and retains the Intercontinental Championship. And I mean that was an ugly power bomb. Like this could have potentially been a good match, but that power bomb was ugly as hell. A better match than I was expecting. I won't lie. Their their styles didn't clash that badly. You know, we got two big strong guys. Sometimes these styles don't go very well, but they I was pleasantly surprised. The back third of this match was quite good. If they did ditch the uh, the long rest holds that were all throughout the middle, working the arm, like I understand it's part of the storyline, but there was just way too much time dedicated to it. Way too slow. 
If they ditched that, it would have been uh, really good. And you give me a nice, clean, brutal power bomb at the end. I don't, I don't know, man. Gunter has not been hitting those power bombs very nicely recently. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, maybe he might have to move on from that. Uh, I'll give it a better score uh, next time if they can give me a, a little bit of a cleaner fight. But it was pretty darn solid. It wasn't bad. Sammy Zayn wants to talk to the Bloodline and Roman, but Paul Heyman stops him. He says it's just Paul Heyman here tonight. Paul Heyman claims that Roman wants Sammy to do it all on his own this week. Sammy accepts this happily. He's like, yeah, man, no problem. I got this. And uh, looks like, yeah, Heyman is up to shenanigans. We'll have to wait and see how that goes. Rey Mysterio now, he's in the ring. He didn't have a very good, he didn't have a very Merry Christmas. Uh, Obviously, his Christmas was ruined by his son showing up and wrecking the dinner and just causing a whole bunch of issues. Uh, Dom has been a little jerk this Christmas. Uh, Definitely did not get any fantastic presents. He got coal and a short stay in prison. Rey Mysterio says he's tired of the bullshit. Uh, wow. I, I, he, he, it got beeped out there, but uh, a rare swear in WWE. I mean, it's Rey Mysterio. He's a veteran. He can get away with that, but I liked it. The crowd was like, because oh! like, you just don't hear swears in, in wrestling. And yeah, he dropped a bullshit. That was, that was refreshing. Ray says he's entering the Royal Rumble, and uh, man, he's had some great Royal Rumble moments. I'll, I'll always remember his Rumble win back in, fuck, was that 2005, 2006? That was, that was awesome. And then Karrion Cross comes out. He's dressed like a private detective. Don't know what's going on with that. He comes out. He's calling Ray a failure of a father. This has crossed the line. You see what I did there? Ray, Ray Mysterio attacks, but Detective Cross is on the case. He takes out Ray Mysterio for now. So, yeah, an ongoing storyline that I honestly could not give two shits about. Carrying Cross sucks. Moving on to more people that kind of suck. Liv Morgan with Emma and other random females, uh, female talent in the back. They're greeted by Raquel Rodriguez. Liv says hello by slapping her in the face and demanding a match. Okay, uh, Raquel goes scary Spanish mother on her a little bit there. I believe this means they will fight at some point here. Moving on, Zia Lee versus Tegan Knox. Lee rocking some impressive cornrows. Uh, there's a, I think that I think cornrows are coming back into style right now. There's a few women this week rocking that hairstyle, and uh, I, I liked it on Zia Lee. I I really like Zia Lee. Uh, Tegan nails the shiniest wizard here for the quick W. Tegan looks absolutely shocked that she won the match. Quick match, abs- nothing special here. Just. These two, like, seriously, man, like, these two women are capable of so much more. I've seen Zia Lee go. She's a very talented uh, wrestler, and so is Tegan Knox. But, again, just the the just whoever is on SmackDown right now in the women's division, they're just drowning. They're not giving them any chance to succeed, giving them, like, two to five-minute windows of, of opportunity to show off their skills in the ring, and it's just not enough. They're not giving any respect or love to the women's division right now, and I feel like the ultimate d- disrespect was bringing Charlotte in, and, I mean, that's kind of a big slap to the, fa- to the face of that division because I feel like... You know, that shows that Triple H doesn't believe in that division. And, I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around. Like I said, there hasn't been uh, really good opportunities for the women to shine. And and when they do, I mean, it hasn't been great. So, yeah, uh, not great here with uh, this match at all. Now we get a video of the Viking Raiders. They're calling out Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Uh, I am quite intrigued by that. I like that. That could be a really good uh, match right there. I like the pairing. 
Uh, we cut to Seamus and Drew McIntyre. They're getting all fired up. They're smacking the bejesus out of each other. I, I like this. Uh, thumbs up for that. Adam Pierce says they will be in a tournament for the titles, and they will fight Viking Raiders in round one. All right, that that's pretty awesome. I like that. Then Drew and Sheamus do the banger after banger thing. I like the phrase, like it's a good catchphrase. I just I, there the delivery of it. It's it's already annoying to me. They just do it like they just repeat. Like this is what WWE always does. They get something that's fairly decent, and then they just repeat it they just slam it into your fucking head they'll make 30 t-shirts out of it and then move on they'll kill it and like oh it's so annoying like you get the moving on (laughs) speaking of annoying bray wyatt makes his entrance making the undertaker at wrestlemania entrance look like like nothing like that flies by in comparison to the bray wyatt entrance it literally takes like 10 minutes of the show it's um yeah it's not great Bray sits in a rocking chair. He delivers a pretty good promo this week. I'll give him that. Uh, but the words, and and I don't know, man. Like, his delivery is good. I like when he delivers promos. But the words that he's that are coming out of his mouth, it just doesn't resonate. I mean, he's talking about his identity. It was somewhat interesting, I guess. But, again, his delivery is way better than the words coming out of his mouth. But, Oh man, I'm getting I'm getting exhausted with Bray Wyatt already. Still haven't seen him in a match. Hasn't really gotten physical with anybody. Uh, no LA Knight this week. I just I don't I don't like it. Moving on, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn they're arguing backstage. Kevin Owens laying down some very clear evidence that Roman Reigns is using Sami Zayn for evil. Sami says, "Nuh-uh." <laughs> Imperium getting interviewed now. Gunter is all beaten up. Got the ice pack on after his. Pretty good fight with Braun Strowman. He's determined to win the Royal Rumble. And, I mean, I like his odds going into it. Don't think he'll win. But I think he'll have a good showing in the Rumble. He should. He's deserved it. And um, I will say that Gunter's mic skills still are quite, quite weak. (laughs) They're pretty bad, man. But in the ring, he's phenomenal. I love watching that guy. Liv Morgan versus Raquel Rodriguez now. Liv Morgan sets up a table. Um, alright, this isn't a no DQ match, Liv, did anyone, did anyone let her know that? Uh, I guess she doesn't know that. She puts Raquel on the table, Raquel moves, Liv jumps into Raquel, she gets pushed away, Raquel hits a powerbomb, and Raquel wins. Man, that match fucking sucked. Thumbs down, and dude, are we, like, that desperate? Like, okay, so, fans always ask for tables and whatnot, and whenever there's no DQ or anything like that. People are demanding tables right away. And I think they're getting so desperate with Liv Morgan right here that they're going to make her pull out tables, hoping that the crowd will respond to this because everyone likes tables, right? But not in this situation where she's just pulling it out. Everyone knows that, well, you you can't use that though. And she doesn't and is all pointless. And this match just sucked. This all, just, what the fuck is that, man? Just a all around miserable failure of a match have no idea what the hell they're doing here and again man the smackdown women's division absolutely desperate for someone to do anything please i mean i felt like they had something there with Liv morgan doing the hardcore stuff but this doesn't this didn't make any sense i mean why pull out the table you could have used the announce table for some reason that's okay you can use announce tables put her through the announce table that's legal but if you grab a table from underneath the ring now that's illegal so again we're not going to get into the rules of wwe but boil it down this match was garbage absolute trash 
Sonya Deville arguing with Adam Pearce backstage. Sonya wants another match against Charlotte Flair. It's no use, Sonya. Just, just don't even waste your time. After the commercial break, Sonya and Charlotte are brawling now. Refs doing their, ah, break it up, split it up, ah, get out of here, get out of here. Sonya and Flair fight some more because the referees do such a great job at splitting everybody up. Charlotte doing the, I'm done, I'm done. And, sh- and then Sonya jumps on her back. I mean, oh, they've done these brawls so many times. It's just, it doesn't, there's no heat behind it. Like, it's just a brawl for the sake of having a brawl. It's so forced and just not entertaining. Uh, but I will say, like, there's a slight pulse here, like, a very forced pulse, like, you are defibrillating, is that the word? The hell out of this dead division right now, and, I mean, there's a pulse, but you, like, it's on life support, it's barely there, but I don't know, man, I, I have zero belief that Flair will lose a match any anytime soon or or make anybody in this women's division look good she's all about making herself look good but i don't know man miracles have happened in the wwe maybe charlotte will make someone on this roster look good and make a star out of someone on this division please i mean the talent is there you got very talented wrestlers we just got to get a gimmick you got to get something for the love of god i can't watch this Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, the main event. Now, this has got to be good, right? Right? Well, let's get into it. Okay, well, we do have this going for These two know each other very well. They've they've been together throughout their careers in the indies. I mean, a long history between these two. Way back to when Sami Zayn was El Generico when he used to wear a mask. If you didn't know that, that's there you go. Alright, let's get into it. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they're hockey fighting right out of the gate. Sami nails a beautiful suplex. Kevin Owens pops right up and nails him with a vicious lariat. Thumbs up. Oh my goodness, this is this is so far so good. This is awesome chance from the crowd. Oh, oh. Sami looks to nail the haluva kick, but the Usos run in. No, they beat down Kevin Owens, causing Sami to get disqualified and loses the match. Oh, for God's sakes. Sami Zayn is very upset, and honestly, so am I. That was a great match going on, and I mean, it was it was obvious that something, like, obviously, this shit was going to happen, but damn it, I just wanted this to be a good match. Uso's telling Sami Zayn that he did good, but he's still very visually bummed out. Solo, uh, meanwhile, just goes flying off the barricade, splashes Kevin Owens through the announce table, so I guess that's why Liv Morgan couldn't use the announce table, because Solo had to use it. Match was going very good, like I said. Um, I can't, I can't give it a good score because the the shenanigans uh, just ruined the match. But what was going on was uh, the blueprint for a a very, very good match. I, I'm hoping at some point we get to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in the near future. I know these t- these two have fought numerous times throughout, but I want to see it now with the way that they're going with their gimmicks. Now it would be great. Uh, anyway. Uh, I would love to see that match again in the future, maybe for a title. One of them have the championship at some point, and then they get to fight for the Universal Championship. That would be amazing. But anyway, uh, the streak of weak shows just continues again. Just an all-around mediocre SmackDown. I mean, Braun Strowman versus uh, Gunter was was better than expected, so that was nice. And I do like the idea of the Viking Raiders fighting uh, Drew and Sheamus. That could be really good. Uh, the women's division though, oh my goodness, man, what can I say, it is just drowning, I I won't go into it, but 
I am rooting for that division, man. Like I said, there is talent there. There are very good, talented women right there. They just don't know what to do with anybody. But I hope at some point someone can break out. Tegan Knox, I mean, Liv Morgan, she's been so up and down. But uh, there's a spark. There's some. There's got to be something there. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn predictably was ruined by the bloodline, but at least that storyline is is still good. I, I am enjoying the bloodline storyline, but this week it wasn't there wasn't a whole lot going on with it. Just um I was hyped up for the match, but yeah, it, it was a letdown. Um yeah, hoping for a massive payoff to to come out of this storyline for Kevin Owens and or Sami Zayn. One of them, please come out of this a champion or or something. Uh, yeah, bad show, man. You could skip this SmackDown for sure. If you watched it, uh, bless your heart, I guess. Um, three and a half out of ten. Bad show. Let's let's talk about a better show. Let's go to Rampage. They're still in the LA Forum, so you still got a hot crowd. They start off with Juice Robinson versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. Uh, Darby picks up the W here after taking his usual nasty bumps, really nasty smash into the solid steel steps all that great stuff it was a solid match you know uh, juice was pretty good in there i'm not overly sure how i feel about juice robinson uh, just yet i haven't seen a whole lot of him in the ring maybe like four or five matches in total uh i'm just not that big on like current bullet club stuff i i'm not i'm not following it that much but honestly i'm just not that into the bullet club thing i think that's faded away i mean the like I said, I don't follow it, but like the heydays with AJ Styles and all that, like that's long past. And I feel like they're just kind of holding on to the name. And it's, I, I think personally, it's not there, but it was a solid start to the show. Sting comes down to celebrate. It's Sting! Tony Schiavone going fucking nuts. And there was a nice little moment. Moving on, now we got the acclaimed. Uh, Max Caster delivers his rap. LA is white hot for the acclaimed, as everybody is, not just LA. I mean, the rest, everyone loves the acclaimed. The acclaimed, uh, about to make their walk of fame thingy, uh, but the ass boys come out, they interrupt the ceremony, because they want to be on the walk of fame. Boo, tomato, tomato. Daddy ass says, sure, get ahead. Ass boys get pantsed, they push... Uh, they get pushed and they go ass first into uh, the the cement, if you can call it that. Uh, doesn't doesn't really uh, work out, but it was still very funny. Just a goofy ass moment. Uh, I'll give it a thumbs up. Now we got the Kings of Black, as they're calling themselves right here, or the uh, Kings of the Black Throne, Malachi and Brody King. So House of Black. Now, I, whatever. I don't care. They're fighting Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. There was there was a really big R roll in the in the entrance there. I just I I did my best. Nobody Matthews or as Jr. calls her that Jezebel Julia Hart. Finally, I get some of the Brody King's freaking vicious chops. Absolute music to my ears, baby. Oh, it's been too long since I heard one of those fucking chops. Eddie mocking Malachi, having a seat in the middle of the ring. Malachi joins him. They fight. Kingston not tagging in Ortiz. Buddy Matthews and Julia Hart run in. They cause a ruckus. Eddie almost hits Julia in the head. She shrieks, scaring half of America. Like, oh my goodness, that was so loud. Ortiz gets upset with Eddie for almost hitting a woman. House of Black takes advantage of this. They pick up the W. Uh, Hard-hitting match. I mean, tons of hard chops. Hard-hitting lariats. I mean, classic stuff. The ongoing tension between Eddie and Ortiz continue to boil over. At some point, these two are just going to 
they're just gonna fight it's it's coming solid match could have done without all that shrieking from julia hart but uh really enjoyed to see uh brody king back in the ring he's oh he's a treat man now we move on to an in-ring segment you got walter hauser in the ring uh he was given an award for something i think it might have been a a golden globe does do people still get those things whatever uh, he seems to be a big fan of wrestling. Uh, honestly, I still haven't done my research. have no idea who this man is. Dan Housen interrupts. He wants Hauser to give him his award. So you got a Housen and Hauser in the ring. Double J and crew get involved now. Hauser chirps the bejesus out of Double J and Dutt. Then gives Dutt a nice paintbrush slap right in the face. Oh dear, that uh, wasn't a good idea, but I'll give you a thumbs up. That was funny. Hausen and Hauser get overwhelmed. Hauser gets blessed double J style by eating a wicked guitar shot right to the skull. That was awesome. I was dying. That was that was fantastic. Thumbs up for that. Uh, Hauser is lifeless in the ring. He's dead. Best friends run down after all the bad stuff happened to establish their dominance and whatnot. You know, classic wrestling stuff. Fun little segment. I mean, I'm never going to get sick of those guitar shots. It's so satisfying. <laughs> Okay, now it is time for our main event. No interview this week. We're short on time, freaking Mark Henry. So just say the line and let's move on. We got Ty Mello and Anna Jay versus Willow Nightingale and Ruby Soho. This is a street fight. And boy, howdy, was it ever a street fight. Willow and Ruby jump Ty and Anna during their entrance and let the brawl begin. Oh boy, here we go. Ruby gets busted open pretty much immediately. She is busted open pretty badly. She is pouring blood. All four women sitting in chairs in the middle of the ring, just trading punches while sitting down. I can't say I've ever seen that one before, so I'll give you a thumbs up right here. Can't, th- can't think of a time I've seen that with four people sitting in chairs. That's crazy. Anna hits Willow with a gory bomb onto a trash can. Barbed wire is introduced. Anna J is choking Willow Nightingale with it. That's just fucking dangerous. <laughs> Ruby saves her by smacking Anna J with a chain. Willow hits tow- hits a tower of doom. Sadly, her partner Ruby takes the worst of that. She just lands hard on a pile of chairs. Regardless, it's carnage. That's thumbs. That's a thumbs up. Ty with a horrible chair shot. One of the worst I've ever seen on Willow Nightingale. She makes her pay with a mean spine buster, then a driver onto the apron. I mean, wow. I'm just, I am literally blown away at this point, And there's so much more to go. <laughs> thumbs up for that. Willow power bombs Anna J off of the stage, and oh my goodness, dude, Anna J misses the table completely. Willow takes the full brunt; she just takes all of that with her ass. Gives Anna J no table to fall onto. Anna lands hard on the ground, man, and I I don't know if she's okay. I hope she was. That was just fucking vicious. And meanwhile, while that viciousness is going on, Ty Mello is pile driving Ruby through a table. I mean, holy crap, that was amazing. Thumbs up for that. The sinister black bag is brought into the ring. Oh dear, do you know what that means? It's the thumbtacks. Holy, they're bringing out everything, man. Everything. Anna trying to push Ruby's face into the thumbtacks. Uh, Ruby has to use her hands uh, to block them. She's got her hands all up in the thumbtacks. It's so gruesome. Ruby fights out, smashes Ty's face face first into the thumbtacks, pins and wins. This vicious, brutal street fight. Uh, wow. Holy shit. Dude, where the hell did that come from? I was not expecting this level of, of, of viciousness out of, out of these four women. That was insane. Wow. 
Uh, absolute fucking star-making performance right here for all four women. Like, even the veteran Ruby Soho, like, that was her best match in AEW to date. Like, I think we found her calling. Like, put her in hardcore matches over and over again. That was outstanding. Absolute car wreck. Absolute car wreck. Is, that's the only way I can describe this match, dude. Awesome table spots. Uh, a true homage to ECW. It had everything short of fire and, and maybe the kitchen sink. They didn't have an actual ki kitchen sink, but they brought out damn near everything, man. The barbed wire was a treat. They, like, wrapping it around her neck, like, they were, they're doing the best they can to be uh, as safe as possible, but that is some scary shit right there. Uh, I do hope that Anna Jay is okay, man. That table bump off the stage was absolutely horrific. Uh, Willow, you got to be a little bit more safe on that. She uh, Great performance from Willow. Uh, did not expect that out of her. That was like the real, like she's kind of the happy-go-lucky uh, character on the roster. And this was just an eye-opening performance. A true star-making performance for her and all four women, like I said. Great street fight. Eight and a half out of ten. Like a borderline nine, but... Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, g really good show this week. I am just, I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Couple of really fun segments with the acclaimed and that Hauser guy. Uh, he earned my respect this week, eating that guitar shot from Double J. Uh, you, you've earned my respect, bro. That was awesome. Solid matches throughout, topped with one of the most brutal women's matches I have seen in a while. Like since Britt Baker and and her bloody wars that she had in AEW, uh, that was fantastic. Show overall was good, seven out of ten. And let's move on to the final segment of the show. This is a long show this week. Uh, let's move into the most prestigious award in all of wrestling, the famous GX WrestleCast three stars of the week. And before we go into the three stars, let's. Let's do a few shout outs for this week uh pretty darn good week uh overall for wrestling really strong three stars this week i must say so uh some shout outs i'm gonna shout out the 20 women battle royale this week on nxt i love me a good battle royale royal rumble is right around the corner so you know getting in the way getting everybody warmed up and ready to go i'm all i love the royal rumble man and i i'll take a royal a little battle royale whenever they're always enjoyable and uh, i liked it good job from them on nxt Street Profits versus uh, Dom and Damian Priest on Raw. Uh, special shout out to Damian Priest. Uh, what a performance from him. He was in the ring for over 50 minutes. He was funny. And uh, yeah, he really made that match uh, quite enjoyable. Thankfully so, because that was one third of the show was that tag team turmoil tournament thing. But the, the finale against the Street Profits was fantastic. Really, really good stuff. Honestly surprised that Dom and Priest got the win here, but really enjoyed it. Gonna shout out Moxley versus Hangman, the opener for Dynamite, I believe that was. It was a little bit underwhelming just because the the buildup and just expectations from these two incredible wrestlers. They fought before and it was really good. Uh, they st it was still a very good match, don't get me wrong, but my, my bar was set uh, a bit higher for these two, but still performed very good. And I gots to shout out the LA Forum crowd this week for Rampage and Dynamite. They were electric. Fantastic job. Uh, yeah, just good shit. Let's move in now to the official three stars of the week. Like I said, you, you can't go wrong with any of these three matches that, uh, right here. They were all just excellent. Uh, third star goes to Anna Jay 
Ty Mello versus Soho and Willow in that street fight that I just talked about. Absolute gruesome war. Like, if you if you still believe that women's wrestling is is behind in in terms of what the men are doing, go watch that match and and it it it's right there with any of the major street fights I've seen men do. It's fucking fantastic. Second star of the week goes to Takeshka versus Brian Danielson on Dynamite. This was a close battle between second star and first star. First star match edges this one out just a little bit. This is just a straight up phenomenal in-ring match technical it's just so good man brutal oh so stiff i mean goddamn if you just love technical just edge of your seat wrestling this is your match right here second star of the week and first star of the week i have to give it to death triangle and the elite in their final match match number seven of their epic seven match series they they topped this one off with that ladder match. I am a ladder match fanatic. I I had to give it just a little bit of an edge over Takeshka and Danielson. I mean, you get the gimmick of the ladder match. They used it great. Amazing spots, amazing wrestling. Love this series of matches. All seven of them were were good and they progressively got better and better. The final two matches, match 6 and 7 in particular, phenomenal. They will both be match of the year contenders for for myself personally. Really enjoyed it and uh yeah, I don't know if you can really get much better than that in terms of trios wrestling. I mean, phenomenal. If you have not watched Death Triangle or or the Elite wrestle you have to. You have to watch these matches, man. Like, it is... If you've never seen it, especially, you'll be fucking blown away. And I have seen these two teams fight numerous times. And I'm still blown away at the stuff that they do on... Whenever they fight. It still blows me away. I'm not bored of it yet. And it's great. You will... It, oh, just, just go watch it, okay? And that is going to be the show this week. Thank you, everybody, for watching. We're running quite long this week. I don't... It's been a while. I mean, I've hit two hours before on one of these wrestling recaps, but... uh I guess there was just a lot of rambling going on in this week, so apologies for that. Hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you're enjoying your weekend. I definitely am. It's cold as hell right here right now in Canada. We got some snow, and uh, yeah, I got to go deal with that. But uh, enjoy your weekend, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the wrestling recap show. If you if you enjoyed it, make sure you, you like it. Maybe hit me up with a message. Just let me know if there's anything I can do better with this show or anything that you really like about it. And maybe I can emphasize more on, on things that are good about it or and stop doing bad things. But regardless, uh, I love talking about wrestling, man. I could talk about it all day, clearly. I talked for an hour and a half about it. And I do this every single week. So there you go. And uh, there's more to come. This week's uh, GX GamerCast this Monday, I will be talking about The Witcher 3. It is going to be a massive undertaking by myself. I do believe I'll be doing this in a two-part uh, episode because that The Witcher 3 is so massive. I, I will more than likely be splitting it up into two parts. But I can't wait. I have to talk about this game right now. And I will be doing so on Monday. So you can go ahead and gear up for that. That'll be a fun episode. Can't wait to do that one. And you can go back and check out the GX uh, hockey cast that was on Wednesday. Every Wednesday I have a rest or uh, sorry, excuse me, a hockey cast where I go through the news uh, throughout hockey. And I kind of emphasize on the Calgary Flames and the Toronto Maple Leafs, my two favorite teams. And uh, yeah, so you can go check that out. All that great stuff. Thank you again for watching. You guys have been fantastic. Stay warm and be good out there. And we will be back again on Monday with a GX GamerCast. Talk to you guys again soon. Enjoy your weekends.